Blog Talk Radio. Hey y'all, it's Chad Bearden and you're listening to Weekdays with Murph. I'm trying to remember someone I can't forget. Like a song I don't know that I can't get out of my head. Can't seem to shake the taste of And welcome to another additional Ears of Murph. Today on the show, we'll welcome back our good friend, uh, uh, Brittany Bexton. We'll I'm talk with Brittany about her uh, new book, her um, new single, which you just heard, uh, as well as anything, uh, uh, as well as anything else you can talk about, uh, like, uh, like how she's, she's, 
um, um, keeping sane in the midst of this pandemic. So with that being said, um, let's go ahead and welcome back our our lovely friend, Miss uh, uh, Brittany Bexton, back to the show. Hey, Brittany, how are you? Hey, I'm great, Cody. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I thank you again for doing this, and and I'm sorry for for having to having to I uh, cut you off earlier. <laughs> oh, uh, because okay. the show was starting. So, that is uh, okay. Um, uh, I first right off the top, I had not uh, heard that song ever before, and it is absolutely gorgeous. I think it's 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 uh, what we what we we uh, need to hear right now. Thank you. Yeah, you know it's so funny because I had originally planned on releasing that song last. Fall. It was supposed to come out in like September last year and it got delayed for a number of reasons, but we'd had to push it back pretty much as far as we could push it back, which was to the end of February, February 28th. And that's because it correlates with my book and my book was coming out February 4th. And originally the song was supposed to release and then the book to follow. And so we wanted to make sure it came out in quick succession with the book because people that buy the book get a download of the song. And it came out February 28th. And then three days later, I think it was three days. Yeah, because that was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes, three days later, the tornado hits Nashville. And I just kind of sat dumbfounded initially like, well, my song just came out and now I can't be that jerk that like, pushes the promotion of my song but I also realized that God's timing is so much better than ours because the song's needed now you know and then that I mean that was just after the tornado and then it was about one week later that all of this crazy stuff happened with coronavirus so I just thought you know it is it's kind of perfect for the time right now because we're all in this strange period in history that we're experiencing you know and it's a song about hope and finding hope again after craziness and in the midst of it. So, uh, you know, and and uh, and that sort of uh, that segues into uh, my next point. Uh, amidst all this crazy uh, uh, self isolation and and social distancing and whatever. I have watched so many live streams over the past month. It's just not even funny. Yes. Yeah. I know, right? You go online and there are about 10 advertised all at once, right? Exactly. Uh, I think at one point um, the the uh, the most I saw on, on my Instagram live was eight at one time. I'm thinking, okay, wow. Uh, there's no way I'll wow. ever be able to. I'll never be able to to catch all of these live. I'm just gonna uh, probably watch them later. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, I'm actually. And I, I mean, I live stream weekly anyway. I think you know that. I do food and falsetto every <laughs> week on Sunday nights here at the house. So that has not been sort of a foreign concept to me. But being as all of our paid shows and stuff have shifted, I realized that I probably needed to do another format of some sort of a live stream that was really for me to make a little extra and to kind of just have fun with everybody. So I'm doing a live stream this Thursday night at 5. And I'm doing it actually on Zoom because I thought that would be kind of fun because then I can see everyone else's faces too and we can all interact with each other. And it's going to be an all-request show. So it's pay what you can. So anyone that comes okay. can pay what they feel comfortable paying. But they have to PayPal me or Venmo me in order to get the private link. But once they do, they get the private link, and they tell me what song they want to hear, and I will try to learn that song before Thursday. I used to do awesome. something similar called Song Roulette, <laughs> where I would just have people mm-hmm. like request absolutely anything they wanted, and it was sort of a joke because – people would pick songs that were really obscure just for fun to see how badly I would butcher them. 
but it was it was really kind of a funny thing, you know, because some of the songs wow. would be amazing, and I hadn't heard them, and I'm like, man, I did not know that that song was so great. This is great. And then there'd be others where it was like me singing some old Third Eye Blind song on the piano at my house, and it was hilarious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, uh, yeah, and 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 social media and, and live streaming stuff these days. I mean, it's almost like artists hadn't uh, uh, missed a beat in terms of 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 live shows and 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 and, and virtual tip jars and everything. It's almost like it's almost like artists, uh, um, um, while they're not actually out there on the road uh, performing live, it's almost like the it's almost like they they uh, hadn't missed a beat, you know. Yeah, well, I think we've all been put in a position where we've had to sort of reinvent the wheel in a sense of how we operate mm-hmm. and function. Now, the good news is we've all got a lot of time on our hands. <laughs> to figure that out right? and a small space that we have to do that in. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't know about you, but I found it really hard to focus for the first week or so that we were all cooped up inside. Oh gosh. And I, I, tell I you, think it's just because of all the got for me. Okay. This is how bad it got for me. But the first couple of weeks I found myself in my bedroom Singing, mm-hmm. singing a whole new world from Aladdin <laughs> at the top of my lungs, slowly losing my social skills. That's hilarious. Yeah. I haven't finished it yet, but I wrote a song about people going crazy in quarantine. It's funny. <laughs> no. When it's finished, I will share it. <laughs> awesome. That's how bad it got for me. And to be honest with you, I think I'm still slowly, slowly losing my social skills. To be completely honest with you, <laughs> but <laughs> I understand that. I the first week or two was definitely hard for me because I live alone and right. I felt very, very isolated. And I'm one of those people like I work for myself anyway in music and stuff, but. <laughs> I'm also used to being able to get a change of scenery and a change of pace, and that helps me focus, you know. So my usual routine when I really need to get a lot done, computer-wise and behind-the-scenes stuff, I will go to Starbucks in the morning, and I will get a drink, and I will sit there for two to three hours and just do super focused work because that's the kind of environment I focus really well in. And then I'll run errands or do cleaning in the house and get other stuff done. I need to do whatever shows, those kind of things later in the day. But those changes of environment and pace are part of how I focus, you know, and function. (laughs) So that first, like, week and a half, I felt more busy and, like, chaotic than I had in a long time, oddly enough, because I was at home. But my brain was just like, give me something else. Give me something else. I can't handle this. We've been in the same place too long, you know. And it was super hard to focus. But I feel like I've finally gotten into the swing of things a little where I've actually been able to accomplish (laughs) stuff in the last week and not just feel like I was spinning on top of my head. (laughs) Right, exactly. Uh, uh, You know, I don't know if you saw it or not, but but I started a uh, hashtag on on social media called called uh called called a self quarantine updates. Uh where I would just <laughs> post random stuff I did. I did throughout the day. I just post random stuff I did. That's funny. No, I haven't seen those posts. Social media is so weird these days. It's like you never know who you're gonna see pop up on your feed. Right. I just the algorithms uh, are so odd. I I can't figure them out but yeah, they they they're a mystery to me too. But anyway, uh, and and back to the the, the live streams for a second. Um, there's people live streaming that 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 uh, that that you'd never think would. I mean, you've got uh, people like Luke Combs live streaming, um, Keith Urban, uh, Brad Paisley. Yeah. 
a lot of these people uh, uh, previously uh, uh, were probably way too busy for that. So that's uh, that's kind of a nice thing to see to see uh, come out of this. Right. Well, and how funny too that you have special shows and stuff that are airing on TV that are literally people's iPhone recordings from their living room, <laughs> including Big Did Ed. Did you see that? Tell me that. Yeah, it's just been did wild. You watch that I mean, like, oh no, I, the award show. I did not see the award show, but I heard about it. <laughs> uh, did you get uh, to the see award it? show? Uh, uh, um, it didn't happen, but but. Uh, um, I see in one country, uh, uh, like you said, uh, people like, like Miranda Lambert, um, Brad Paisley, uh, Carrie Underwood, uh, um, Old Dominion, people like that, um, they're actually live streamed, uh, from their houses, uh, them seeing yeah. their, 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 their major hits, and CBS put it on TV. Yeah, it's so wild. I mean, I saw not much of it because I don't I don't get cable. I just have like the internet services, you know, all the streaming services like mm-hmm. Hulu and Netflix yeah. and such. But mm-hmm. I saw a little snippet that a friend had sent me from oh, what was it? The Elton John special. It was a mm-hmm. week or two ago now because one of my good yeah. friends um songs was on it. But it was just so funny because it was like you see Tim McGraw singing and he's like sitting on the the diving board on his, at his pool, you know, mm-hmm. just sitting there mm-hmm. singing on his diving board with the pool in the background. And then you have like his band members mm-hmm. on different screens playing. And it's For just, that. it's such a broken down, interesting way to do things. But, you know, in some ways it's kind of leveled the playing field in an odd way because you don't get any of the big production. You know, it's right. just raw, and what you see yeah. is what you get. It's kind of cool. I was supposed to be doing an in-studio appearance on Today in Nashville this coming Friday. I was It was for the Good Friday episode. I was going to be on the morning show and talking about the book and doing a song. But, of course, all in-studio appearances have been canceled. So they told me that they were accepting videos, though. So I did this Mm -hmm. little setup in my living room, and I, like, recorded this video in front of my fireplace. The fire wasn't going. I I didn't get that fancy, but I sent in the (laughs) video, and it's kind of funny because it's like, here we all are doing live streams, you know, from our living Mm -hmm. rooms or our backyards or whatever, and it's all of us are doing the same thing. Tim McGraw's doing it. Carrie Underwood's doing it, you know, like Miranda Lambert. And then all of us indie artists are doing the same thing. And and it's funny because, like I said, it's it's just, it kind of levels the playing field as far as production and everything, you know. We yeah. all have the same devices right now. <laughs> and I'm a huge fan of of, of that stripped-down acoustic mood. Yeah. Acoustic music. I'm a huge fan of that. So... So, so to watch that the other night, I, I was in absolute heaven for about two hours. <laughs> I bet. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, um, I want to talk a little bit about about your book. Uh, uh, I think now, 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 forgive me if I'm wrong, uh, but I think uh, the last time we spoke. And the book was just kind of an idea that was sort of sort of floating around in your head, but 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 um, talk a little bit about about this new book of yours. A little bit about the book. I missed the last piece of what you said. Um, just just I talk a little bit about about the book and and uh, and 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 the uh, the uh, inspiration to write it and everything else. Okay. Yeah, so it's funny. I can't even remember the last time I was on. I mean, you and I are connected on social media, but I don't remember the last time I was on your show. It's very possible that it was around the time that I was inspired to write the book but had not yet started it because, goodness, I started it probably, well, I I wrote it pretty quickly when I wrote it, but I hadn't pitched it 
to publishers or anything yet, and I kind of went through like a little bit of an editing process myself before I started pitching it to publishers. So it was probably at least three or four years ago now that I actually wrote it. Because um, last year, once I found the publisher, it took about a year to get it in print, and it's just now coming out. Anyhow, I was inspired to write the book by the same thing that inspired me to write the song that you guys heard at the front end of the show. I had gone through, well, a series of things, really. I mean, there was some stuff from my childhood, some loss and such from when I was a kid that I hadn't really fully processed. And then when I moved out to Tennessee eight years ago now, crazy to think that it's been that long, I went through a series of really, really nutty things. I had to get a restraining order against someone. I had to move multiple times. Like, I stayed with people that were pretty much strangers on their couches for a little while until I could find a safe place to live. And it was a lot to deal with. And I was brand new to town. I had no family or long-term friends here. And it was a lot to deal with. And I just kind of kept pushing through it and trucking and working really hard on my music and moving forward. And then I like continued to kind of deal with some craziness in the business with some business betrayal and a personal betrayal that was pretty major And when that happened, it was like my nervous system had just had enough. It was like, okay, too much trauma, not enough processing. We're going to stop working for you the right way now. (laughs) And I realized that I developed PTSD because when you go through trauma and you don't process through the grief or the pain or the anger or the upset or whatever, it gets stuck and it causes essentially a brain injury that you then have to heal. So it was about... Four or five years ago now, I realized I needed to take a little bit of a step back, not stop doing music, but I needed to not be on the road 24-7. And I needed to kind of take time to heal, to go to counseling, to build more of a community here in town and put roots down in a way that I hadn't been able to when I was touring all the time. And just kind of process what the next steps were for me in music because I'd been working my butt off, but I was working, 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 and I hadn't really taken time to go, God, what do you want me to focus on next? Like what's the next right step, not just the next hard work step. What's the next right step that's going to get me where I really want to go? So I took a step back during that time and really took time to heal. And the song was inspired by – my healing process from the PTSD because when you've gone through like so much stuff, you kind of are in this situation where it's like you're just waiting for the next shoe to drop even when things are good. You know, it's hard to believe that they're going to last because you've just gone through so much craziness, you know. And I was really in a place where I was regaining my faith and like the song says, learning to believe again, which is the title of the book too. And just you know, learning to have faith, not just in the moment and in God, but that things could still go well and that good things would last. So that's really what the song came out of. And the book came out of the same process. I won't say that it was based on that hook or that idea because I really actually decided on the title after I'd written the book. And I realized that it needed to be the same title as the song or connected to the same title at least because the songs believe again and the book is learning to believe again. But (laughs) I had kind of gone through that process and while I was healing and going through some of those, I would have these epiphanies or these aha moments, or I would feel like God just kind of transplanted knowledge or kind of a prophetic word in me. And I started doing these monthly newsletters during that time that I would send out to my fans that had come out to shows to kind of keep in touch with them. And each newsletter that I'd send out, I would send out a thought for the month that was whatever had kind of been downloaded mentally at that point in time or whatever epiphany I'd had that week or whatever was on my heart. And as I was sharing those, people were responding in crazy ways. Like I was getting emails from people on my mailing list after almost every email I sent out and they were telling me how much of a difference this thought for the month had made in their lives and how it helped them make some big decisions and just 
kind of crazy testimonials. And I went, really? (laughs) This random epiphany that I had made that much of a difference for somebody? And I realized, you know, maybe there's something to that, and I should be sending this out or getting this out to more than just my email list, you know. Maybe I needed to write a book. And I thought, you know, the thought of writing a book seems so overwhelming because you think you have to write a whole story and figure out where to start and where to finish. And I thought, yeah, but if I did it this way, I could write it as a devotional where it's individual thoughts that go together to form kind of a whole process of healing. And I thought, that doesn't seem overwhelming. You know, I can do these thoughts. I can put together these epiphanies. I can put together devotions, you know, and I did. I just started working on it. Um, I had recorded my single when I started writing the book, but I had not started writing the book yet, and the rest of my EP got delayed recording-wise. I was kind of in this holding pattern for a while, and that was the time that I, that was the year I spent writing the book. I thought, you know, well, if I'm in this holding pattern right now with the song, I guess it's time to write the book because I've just gained all this time all of a sudden. So that is where the book came from and how it came to be. (laughs) Wow. That's That's some pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, I just hoped, honestly, that, you know, my experiences and my story and the things that I've gone through and kind of learned through it are able to help a lot of other people that have also been in dark places or gone through rough times and need that hope also, you know? Mm. Uh, You know, I don't share this very often, but but about uh, four years ago, um, I went through through, uh, uh, my own traumatic experience about about four years ago, I was I was I was in intensive care. About four years ago, and and it was the single most scariest thing I've ever been through in my entire life. I bet. So, so I mean, in a way, I can I can I can uh, relate to that in a way. So, yeah, you know, it's amazing because. A lot more people have experienced post-traumatic stress challenges than would expect. I think people assume that the only people that deal with PTSD are people that have been in war or really extreme physical situations. But the reality is that actually PTSD is really common, and it happens Mm -hmm. frequently from emotional challenges and interpersonal relationships. Like it is an extremely common side effect of domestic abuse, for example. But the majority of the population doesn't realize that and doesn't understand that even just going through loss, like death of a loved one, can cause post-traumatic stress. So I think a lot of people honestly go untreated and don't realize that you know, what they're experiencing is something a lot of people experience and don't realize that there's even a deeper way to kind of heal from that, you know? Right. It's not uh, just normal grief yeah. or depression always, so. Exactly. And 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 I've got to tell you this. Uh, I have so much respect for you and and, and sharing that story. I have I have so much respect for you for that. Thank you. Because, because I know it's not easy. It's not easy sharing something like that. I know it's not easy, and 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 I don't know if I told you this before or not, but but I created this podcast as a way for for uh, 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 the guests to to uh, to uh, basically bear their soul, you know, and yeah, and uh, and. And it's a safe place, you know, and right. in 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 an industry that 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 might not always be the case. Uh, this is a safe place for y'all. Yeah, and you've always done an amazing job of that. You've always been super supportive of indie artists and female artists, and you're just awesome. And not just with the show. Well, you always that. post all of these encouraging posts and things, and tag us all in them to make sure. We know that you're thinking of us, so that's awesome that you do that. I'm appreciative. 
I'm going to go cry now. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to turn into the We Think show, right? (laughs) Happy tears. (laughs) Uh, uh, um, To uh, um, to kind of lighten the mood just a little bit, um, um, I wanted to to, uh, talk a little bit about, and I know you, I know you, I mentioned this earlier, but but your 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 uh, a weekly food a food and and a falsetto show that you do. Uh, yes. How did that come about initially? You know, it actually came about because I was taking a step back from touring, and I felt really guilty about taking a step back from touring because I literally toured full time for four years. I mean, that was my full time job. It was the only way I made money, <laughs> and I was on the road pretty much every weekend and I'd been playing all over the country you know I'd played in 18 states in four years and I couldn't really I would well it's not that I couldn't really imagine not doing it It was more that I was afraid that if I stopped doing that then I would lose momentum and my fans wouldn't care anymore and they would lose connection with me so I initially started doing food and falsetto honestly as a way to just stay connected with my friends and fans that had been following my music because I needed a way to still be connected with them and stay relevant and have them even care if I put out music again in the future. And to me, I don't know, cooking is just kind of, that's this other part of me. I've always loved cooking. I've always loved food. Um, When I was in college, when I was in college, I, uh, sorry, I got distracted because my puppy is being naughty in the background here. (laughs) Um, Oh, boy. (laughs) When I was in college, I started cooking for myself, and I love food so much that I kind of just taught myself how to cook food that was really delicious because I wanted to eat it, and I didn't have a big budget, so I couldn't just go out all the time. And because I love food and love experimenting with flavors, I was just honestly able to cook a lot of pretty awesome stuff and I really developed a love and a passion for cooking at that point and kind of that homemaking aspect I have this weird combination of personality where it's like part of me is like total creative and gypsy you know like I would love to just travel all the time but then there's this other part of me that really likes having a home base to come back to and I like cooking and I like family and you know so it's kind of this weird sort of contradictory dichotomy but hey it makes me balanced right so I thought it would be kind of fun to bring the food aspect in just because it was different and I felt like it would be more personable too you know it's like it would give me a chance Mm -hmm. to not just sing for people but to chit chat with people to bring them into my home to do something that was a little different and fun and interesting and I am such a perfectionist that I'd had the idea for a while and was like, how am I even going to make this look right? And I finally one day was like, you know, there's just, it's not going to be perfect. You just need to go live and do it. So I did. And I just started doing it and it was anything but perfect. And it's still anything but perfect. I mean, I don't know how many episodes you've seen, but I have accidentally lit grease fires in my kitchen live on Facebook (laughs) Wow! because I don't do a whole lot of frying and I was doing beer battered fish (laughs) that night and I got the oil a little too hot and it caught fire (laughs) so I'm like talking to everyone about how you have to heat the oil up and suddenly this fireball comes up on the screen (laughs) so there's nothing perfect about this show. I have also, let's see, what was one of the other funny outtakes? I, my piano bench decided to break in the middle of me playing one night. So I was playing strawberry wine at the piano and my piano bench broke and I fell to the ground in the middle of the song. And then like hopped up to my feet and I'm kept playing. I'm going to have to sign that now. <laughs> so, I'm not sign that now. It's truly like anything but perfect, but that's kind of the fun of it. You know, it gets to be casual. I get to interact with everybody. We get to just have that kind of kitchen conversation. And the thing that kind of inspired me is it's not just about the food and the music, right? 
it's that to me, yeah. I don't know about you, but growing up and everything, don't you notice that people gather around food? Like that's what brings people together. People talk around the oh, kitchen yeah. table. You know, they sit down Especially and they visit that. and they snack. Yeah. So I just felt like it was kind of a perfect setting to bring people in to visit and chat with me. So we do the cooking show and I, you know, talk through everything that I'm doing and then I get to go and sing and do that aspect. So it's been really fun. And I guess, gosh, I've been doing it for more than two years now. The last time I tried to count, I've had like 75 episodes or something. It's more than that now, wow. but I would have to go back and count again, and I'm just not even sure. That's crazy. That's crazy. But, yeah, it took uh, me a while to kind of get in the flow, but now I do it every Sunday at 6.30 p.m., and if I don't do it yeah. at that time, then I notify everyone ahead. So. Right. Uh, uh, um, I noticed that you said I said that you're, you're kind of a, a, uh, a perfectionist. Um, uh, in my life outside of the show, uh, I'm not at, I'm not at all a perfectionist. But when it comes to this podcast, this is my baby, mm-hmm. and I am yeah. just a perfectionist. It's just not even funny, you know. <laughs> yes, I totally do. Because uh, because I feel like and 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 I'm a a uh, a perfectionist in the sense that. When I open my mouth to to uh, talk to somebody about their livelihood, uh, I want to be informed on what I'm talking about because right. because uh, 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 because that's why I, I I value research so much. Uh, yeah. Uh, for for every guest I bring on, I, I will watch, read, or or listen to. Uh, pretty much anything they've ever done. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Uh, well, and that's part of what makes uh, you awesome. How, uh, that's just how how uh, my brain works, and 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 I kind of want to be the guy that 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 is not just spouting opinions. Um, right. Um, I want to be the guy that that. That that uh, um, that knows what he's talking about, you know. Yeah. Well, I can actually talk to the artists and folks that you have on the show about what they do, and not just an opinion of music. You know, who right. they are a little bit. You definitely dig deeper. Right. Yeah. And, and that's another thing I pride myself on. I pride myself on. Sure, I'll I'll talk to you guys about your, your about your music, about your your uh, um like you uh, um your book or whatever you know. But yeah, but I love those interviews where 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 the interviewer thinking of the artist as a person and not just for for uh, what they do for a living. Totally, and that's what I try to. And that's what I tried to to uh, uh, bring across to my listeners. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's true. I mean, you know, it's funny because I've done a lot of interviews in the last, like, two months. The single was coming out, and the book was coming out, and I started a publicity campaign, so I've interviewed with a lot of different media outlets, but, you know, there is a big difference when you are interviewing with someone who's really taken the time to get to know a little bit about you, your music, in my case, my book, and ask deeper questions, and the ones that just kind of ask at the surface level, because I find that I end up answering a lot of the same questions, like the same exact questions over and over again. And at some right. point you're like, okay, how can I say this differently but still have the same meaning so it's the truth, you know? Exactly. But exactly. I think it's uh, great when you get to go deeper, you know, and you get to ask the deeper questions or discuss the things about the music that make it different than everything else that's out there, you know? So. And 
it's always refreshing and, to have the interviews where that's what you get to talk about. And I noticed you said earlier too about 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 an EP that's that's currently on hold. Uh, well, uh, uh, um, and this brings up another quirk about me. Um, as if I hadn't shared enough on this interview. <laughs> but anyway, um, um, I'm one of those weird birds, and there's not a lot of them out there uh, left anymore, who I actually enjoy sitting down and listening to a full album top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no greater joy in the world to me than that. No, I understand. I'm the same way. Now, I will at the end pick my favorite songs, but I want to hear the journey that the album takes. I want to hear each piece of it first and kind of the journey that it goes on. And then, you know, I might have a favorite thing too over and over again. (laughs) But a lot of the time, my favorite songs on an album are not the singles. Like, I really like Pink a lot. She's one of my favorite (laughs) artists, actually. But, you know, my favorite songs of hers are often not the singles that she's released. It's like the obscure ballads on her albums that I find. And I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. And I just listen to it over and over again. And I'm like, leave it to me to find the most obscure ballad on the entire album. And that's my favorite song on it, you know. But that's just how it happens sometimes. I'm the exact same way. I think we were separated at birth. To be completely honest with you. <laughs> we are long lost twins from maybe different times. <laughs> I am the exact same way. Like 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 I'll pick the take the most obscure a song on an album and I'll be like, Holy crap, that just spoke to me, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. I really but, uh, loved all the singer-songwriters back in the day. Have you ever heard of Sean Foley? Yes. Okay. So she was one of my favorites. Yes, Sunny Came Home uh-huh. was one of her really big songs, and I did love that one. I love that song. But one of my favorite songs it. that she did was You and the Mona Lisa, or Me and the Mona Lisa. I can't remember. It's Mona Lisa might mm-hmm. be the name. But yeah. I loved that mm-hmm. song, and God knows nobody else has ever heard of that song. Unless they really, really love John Colvin, you know? Right, exactly. Uh, 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 probably the, the 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 last question I've got for you because uh because uh a blog talk radio is about to probably uh uh kick us <laughs> off the air at any moment. <laughs> but anyway, uh uh um one last question I've got for you. Uh after cheering for 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 um, like you said, nonstop for about four years, and now this book is out, and everything else that that you've got going, uh, what is your your uh, definition of of uh, success at this point in your career? That's a hard one. Honestly, I just want to reach people. That's my idea of success. It's not about fame. It's not about numbers. I just want to reach people that need the message. And, I mean, that's how I've always felt about my music, really, is that, you know, I think music is more than just music. Music changes people's lives. It can help them face things that they haven't been able to face or cry because it puts something into words that they couldn't put into words themselves or laugh when they needed to laugh, you know? Like, music's really powerful that way. And one of the things that I wanted to figure out when I took a step back was, how can I reach people differently? Because I've been touring and playing in bars a lot and I'm not knocking playing in bars, but when you're playing to a room full of drunk people that may or may not remember the next day, you don't really feel like you're touching many people or making a difference, you know? And I would play shows at festivals and such where people would just have amazing feedback afterwards. And someone actually told me once that when I was singing on stage and looked at them, suddenly they remembered that music takes away pain and gives you hope to do things that you hadn't done in a long time. And them telling me that was like, oh, man, it just, it still hits me when I think about it, you know? 
And mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to reach people in that way and have a more direct impact. And I didn't feel like I was doing what I was doing or focusing on my career the way I was. So, I mean, that was part of me taking a step back was how do I reach people? How do I reach people in a more impactful way, you know? And at this point, I I wouldn't have written Believe Again or Learning to Believe Again had I not taken that step back and taken time to heal and figure things out, right? But at this point, I know that that was a message that God gave me for people, for the world to make a difference. And now it's really, for me, just about reaching the people that need that, and success to me is making a difference in people's lives. I mean, it's success to me anytime my book or song touches somebody and it makes a difference for them. But I hope that I reach a lot more people. So I can't put a number on that. It's not a qualifying thing number-wise, not qualitative. It's yeah. Sorry, it's not quantitative. It's a qualitative thing because I think it's about the quality that goes out and how it reaches people more than it is a numbers game, but I do hope to be able to continue that on, you know, through the rest career and build a sustainable enough career for myself that I can do that and not worry about money, but also still help people and help them heal and touch them and make a difference, you know? Uh, uh, And the reason I ask that is, is I've been doing this podcast for It'll be eight years in August I've been doing this thing, which is beyond crazy for me to to, to uh, even think about it being eight years. Uh, but but uh, I've been thinking a lot about 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 my own legacy in in radio and in in the industry that I cover, uh, uh, country music, uh, yeah. and. And what I want people to to um, take away from 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 uh, when I finally uh, do decide to to uh, hang this up, which is not going to be for a long time, I'm telling you. But um, um, anyway, um, and I've I've come to the the uh, conclusion that that I just want to be known as as just a good dude, you know. Yeah. Yep. You know that. That quote, I can't remember who it's from, but people don't always remember what you did. They won't necessarily remember what you looked like or what you did or how you acted, but they will always remember how you made them feel. I butchered that quote, quote. except think, for the last part. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. I think it was Maya Angelou that said that. Yeah, and I I agree. I think that's true. I think we have a much bigger Absolutely. impact on the world when we treat it that way and we know that when we walk into a room, we want to leave it better than when we arrived, you know? Absolutely. And, and I've done over, uh, when I say over 520 episodes of this podcast, which is another number that I'm just wow at. And yeah, I'm not a big numbers guy at all. I'm not a big numbers guy, but, but, uh, Every one of those uh, 500 plus podcasts, I've taken something away from it, and I've learned something. Yeah, I definitely learned a lot today. I, I learned so much today. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I'm glad uh, that I could be a part of that. And and I've got to tell you, Brittany, this is probably one of the most in-depth uh, real interviews that I've done in a long time. Aw, thank you. That makes my day, truly. My week, probably, actually. But, but, but yeah, uh, um, this has been just so much fun, and, and, I've, and, and I've been on the verge of tears a couple of times. I'm not even going to lie to you. Happy tears. That happens to me. I definitely have gotten happy tears quite a few times. Like, I can't even tell you how much it means to me when people send me testimonials about my book or song or, like, how it's made a difference for them. I totally cry every time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm a sad. I can't help it. (laughs) Same. Same. Uh, But, yeah, 
I thank you again for doing this. This is uh, um, this actually ran ran a little longer than I intended, but 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 uh, it was so much fun to to catch up with you again. So much fun. Oh, it's so good to talk to you again too, and I look forward to seeing you more on socials. But thank you so much for having me on the show again. It's been great. Absolutely, and and as soon as this quarantine is lifted. Uh, the first place mm-hmm. I'm going to go is natural. Because, because okay, so we'll have to get together for real in person. I miss that city so much. Uh, uh, um, I first visited Nashville probably a little over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And and it just it's had my heart ever since. Yeah. It's definitely a special place. So much creative energy here, you know? Absolutely. Well, I, I think we're going to let you go and let you get back to your evening. But uh, but and thank you again for doing this. This has been so much fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your night. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you later, Brittany, okay? Sounds good. Have a good one. Uh, bye. Well... Hope you guys enjoyed our interview with uh, the lovely Miss Brittany Bexton. Um, that was probably one of my favorite interviews I've done in, and like I said, a very, very long time. Uh, but anyway, um, next Tuesday at uh, 4.30 Central, I think we have, now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think we have, have uh, Taylor Hughes joining us. So I think with that, um, I think I'm going to um, um, end the episode right here. You've been listening to Wait Days with Murph. Thank you and goodbye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.